Welcome to Mama's Baked. We're Laura and Bridget, and we're your favorite cannabis advocates. We've been there, done that, and everybody asks us about it, so we decided to start Mama's Baked, and here we are talking about everything cannabis. The latest news, lifestyle, and wellness information with lots of fun baked in. Every Thursday, join us as we break down what's happening now and how you can infuse cannabis into your life, too. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes, share us with your friends, and get our free tincture making course at potofwellness.com. We've made it a whole nother week to Mama's Baked. Dun, dun, dun. And we still have listeners. <laughs> I actually talked about that yesterday or the day before. Some Somebody asked me about it. I was like, oh yeah, tomorrow I can't because I'm blah, blah, blah. We're recording the podcast, but... And they're like, oh, you do a podcast? And I said, yeah. Well, I've never heard of that. I said, so you're not one of my listeners? <laughs> you could be. My 40? <laughs> Are we, is it 40? Yeah. Well, you uh, know, I mean, on yeah, average. Give or take. Yeah, on average, 40 to 50 per episode. You know, that's Give us a thumbs it's up, y'all. It's definitely more than just you and me listening, that's for sure. That's great, because we know it's not you and me listening. you and me aren't listening, <laughs> yeah. So We're here. If it was There's just no us, need. our number would be zero. So our number is yeah. not zero. Yay! <laughs> Look, if it was just us or our family, the number would be zero. Because so... we haven't told our family really much. No, and yeah. They, they're sick of hearing us talk about cannabis. They're like, you know, you're doing a podcast with Laura? Okay, whatever. Right, yeah. <laughs> That's pretty much pretty much how Steve uh, is on the other side. He, well, yeah. Steve is like, what's a podcast? Right. <laughs> so you're doing a what? Okay. Okay. Cool. Okay. Well, good, good for you. Yeah. Nice. Good, honey. Just do something that's going to make us money in our retirement. That's all I care right. about. <laughs> exactly. Just make sure I won't have to work forever. <laughs> Bless his heart. Bless his heart. All of their hearts. Oh, so yeah. We don't need them. This is our thing. Yeah. Oh, that, that was kind of the thing, too, was having a, a space for us to have these combos. Speaking of which, what are you smoking this morning? Well, I have a little bit of Durban cookies today. Interesting. Durban cookies, which I would suppose to be a cross between uh, probably a Durban poison and perhaps what we formally referred to as, I mean, don't sue me, anybody. It's just what we used to call it, Girl Scout cookies. Now known as now GSC. Known as GSC or any other number of other cookies now. Whatever cookies. you just They just mixed it with something else. <laughs> they should have just kept their mouths shut because it just reminded people when they got the munchies that a good option would be Girl Scout cookies. Hello. So, Speaking of great which, marketing. not that I want to support them now because of their for- short-sighted, you know, like activity yeah, with ban. regard to this, but they are at the local grocery stores right now. So it must be that time of year for somebody anyway. I just don't believe in child labor. I Period. mean, I don't believe in child labor or $7 boxes of cookies, you know, like it's a problem. I mean, it's really no. Yeah. It's don't all, march it's your all kids together out. wrong. Expose yeah. To a bunch of creepy strangers. And I mean, it's I crazy. actually wouldn't buy cookies from this little girl once when I lived in Phoenix. You're like, I'm we sorry. Don't get a lot of that. You're a here. slave. So I can't help you. Oh, I literally, <laughs> I was much more polite than that, but that would have was what I was thinking. <laughs> and I said, I'm sorry, honey, I can't support. Are you out here without parents? I just can't support sending kids out door to door without parental supervision. And that was all I said to her. And then uh, her dad popped around the corner. He's like, she's embarrassed if people see me. Uh, I was like, oh, oh dang it. I used the I'm wrong like, okay. excuse. I, I will I buy to... a box of cookies from you because your dad took the time to come out with you and make sure you were safe. Right. And then I gave dad the evil eye over his head. But then were you like, ugh. Oh, for Girl sure. Scout cookie empire. 
I'm not a fan I, of any Sometimes of I, I don't... just want to be like, you know what? How about I just give you a $10 bill and you don't tell nobody about it? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it... that feels a lot more beneficial to me. I don't want the cookies anyways, honestly. When I was a little kid, I had to sell Reese's peanut butter cups, three in a package, and they were 50 cents each. And the winner got a Timex watch. And it was sixth grade. I was a new kid in school. And I was determined. I wanted that damn Timex watch with mm. a red leather strap. Mm-hmm. Mm, had to have it. So I did not have the most involved parental uh, mm-hmm. units. Units, right. I was kind of on my own. But they would drop me off sometimes in neighborhoods that I had determined were my target market. <laughs> Right. The big houses. I decided even though I had to walk farther between them, they bought more. So I also changed. (laughs) I'm still very proud of my sixth grade mind. I realized I would tell people they were 75 cents each or two for a dollar, and I would always sell two. In the rare instance, I didn't sell two that way. Somebody would pay 75 cents for one. I would keep the quarter. And wait till somebody else bought one for 75 cents because they were only 50 cents. And I would use those two quarters to buy another one and I would eat it. (laughs) But I sold two at minimum at every door because it was cheaper for those people at the time. That was not something you saw on TV a lot or I had pretty sure my sixth grade self had invented this brilliant marketing strategy. I mean, yeah. I did win the Timex watch. Just saying. Nice. Yes. I think I still have it in one of my boxes. In essence, you had your cake and you ate it too. Oh, literally. Yes. That's awesome. Quite literally. That's probably why we're such good friends. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I could put my mind to a thing. I had also grown up selling antiques with my dad. Right. Um, and I had haggled all my life at auctions and flea markets for items and coloring comic books. I mean, I was really into Archie comic books, but I knew all the top name antique things that my dad looked for and sold. I knew the markings. I knew the stamps on potteries. I knew what was trash and what was a great find. So I already kind of had that training up to sixth grade. I think we started doing that when I was in third grade, fourth grade, maybe. Mm-hmm. So I had a little training. My dad was a serial entrepreneur. So, yeah. Yeah, my dad probably was. It was entrepreneur or bust in our life, for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Which is so funny because, hello. Yeah. Look how good we always segue so organically and naturally into our topic for the week, don't we? Didn't even realize. I mean, is that like, I mean, is it just because we're just that awesome? I'm sure. Okay. I'm sure. So, our topic this week is business the business of cannabis right we talked a couple weeks ago about kind of where's the money and that kind of stuff and dug into you know some how expensive it is how expensive it is and the stock market what's going on you know what kind of companies to watch and everything but we get a lot of people or we see a lot of people interested in going into business themselves in the cannabis space, right? It's like the gold rush of 20, you know, of 2020. Um, And everybody and their mama thinks that (laughs) it is just the place for, you know, all innovation. And there is so much room. We're at the beginning of, you know, an age, so to speak. Infancy. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of opportunity out there, but... Um, yeah, we wanted Not to talk all. about that. We wanted to talk about that because there's some thoughts and some things yeah. to consider, some balancing ideas, some... And not you know, all opportunities are created equal. Right. I like to say in Domino's, we say, you know, not all money is good money. Mm-hmm. And going to, to mean, you know, sometimes you might take a turn and, and make 25 points off it, but now your 25 points just gave everybody else 50 points, 100 points, and 150 points, you know, so... Eh, you maybe didn't want to do that, right? Like you right. actually just screwed yourself because you were gotcha. be a little bit greedy. Um, and so, so that's true in this industry as is in all of life. I think not all money is good and money. It's, it's important to kind of, you know, be logical about it. So to speak thoughtful, thoughtful for sure. 
So you have officially been in the cannabis business as a, I'm going to call it owner right now. You were a member of a co-op, but at that point, that was kind of an owner's position, right? Oh, what were we? So we started as volunteers. We were just, uh-huh. you know, just like everybody else there were 60 plus people. Um, but at some point I was, I think my title was client relations manager uh-huh. or supervisor. I've had so many titles, <laughs> never enough money and always great titles. Right. Um, when, when I made good money, I don't have a title. Um, so I basically like we had a board of directors, so I was right. not, my husband was on the board of directors mm-hmm. and I kind of was more of a day to day operations person. Right. Um, probably management level, I would consider it. And then after that, that led into opportunities to partner because that's your only option in Arizona right? with license holders. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, are we ready for that? Oh. Well, let's okay. tell these stories from the perspective of what our dear listeners, our beloved listeners... Yes. You know, really want to know. What do they really want to know? What do they need to know? Let's 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 get to the brass tacks on what they need to know. Now, now first start before we go into anything, understand that every state is still different. Every state, the rules around what's happening in that state are different. There are no federal rules that protect anything that make anything okay or not okay, right? There's some different stuff they've thrown around. But from, you know, what I know, basically the feds can still basically choose to do whatever they want at any point right now. Okay. Yes. That's the bottom line point you need to know. Second bottom line point is. Start there. Start there. You gotta, yeah. We can't even emphasize, I don't think that enough. And that includes CBD only. It includes all the things that anybody says anything about because the truth is the law is still confused. Just like what we experienced here in Arizona. Where one judge comes in, uh, not one, it was two or three. Two to one. It was a two Two, to one decision. Two judges in one state. So two individuals in one state go in and they interpret a sentence a certain way. Well, those two judges and their interpretation of that sentence matters, right? And if they chose to interpret it a different way somewhere else some different time, they could, right? And it would matter, right? And it could matter to you if you were the litigant in some trial or whatever. Um, and, and and another another way the federal Schedule 1 banned substance law affects you and your investment or participation in the cannabis industry is that many times your contracts are not able to even get to court. Right. Because... You're arguing about something that's illegal, so the court, therefore, they're out. Cannot make a decision on two criminals supposedly right. having an issue, right? Because once you're doing <clears throat> business with even a licensed dispensary, from a federal perspective, you are officially a criminal. Now, officially, they're not trying to chase you down right now or whatever today. Uh, but basically, they're holding a holding a, a sledgehammer over your head that they can pull the trigger on there. at it's any just time. There, yeah, and it's yeah. just held by a couple strings too. So I mean, they could pull it, they could pull a trigger, or it could just fail, and boom, yeah. there you are, you're smashed. You know what I'm saying? So get the reality of that. That's the reality. And guess what? One rogue officer is that yes fail. One rogue officer that decides to destroy your crop or your grow or the grow that you invested in because he interpreted the law a different way. And That's the court right. reversed his decision six months later. Right. Your crops are still destroyed. Your grow right. has still been shut down for months that you have put thousands, hundreds of hundreds thousands of dollars. Thousands probably. Right. So, yeah. All of that cannot be overstated. It could be one officer. It could be one judge. It could be one, you know, head VP of some department of something somewhere. It could be any number of things 
that could suddenly snap those wires and it could be gone. Now, we obviously are also hopeful for the future. Now, we both come from that perspective and background of social service, human services. We understand that when we talk about liability, it's a real shit. It actually happens and we've seen it, right? So we've seen the right. worst things happen. So we know that it does. However, that doesn't just mean, okay, just stay out of it entirely. It means go no. into whatever you're going to go into, go into with that base knowledge and understanding, right? And maybe not put everything you have into it. Maybe you ha- make sure that you have a safety net in case of. Not that it happens to everyone, but be prepared with a plan B or a backup if, as it we have seen happen, if it should all go to shit, which it could happen. And here is another little nugget of wisdom for you. (laughs) Write notes, people. Write notes. Um, You know, in a gold rush, the most money is not made by the people who find the gold. Right. Exactly. The money is made by the people who sell the picks and axes. That's who makes the money. Right. And what so, of, and the owner of the mine, huh, the owner of the mine, it's all the peripherals <laughs> outside and around, you know, the point being it's the peripherals, the towns, the, towns, towns the hotels, the restaurants, you know, uh, the train lines, you know, all the peripheral things that allowed people to be in there mining for gold, right? But specifically, you know, sometimes we're talking about the tools that it requires to do such a thing. So I like to tell people, you know, when you're thinking about, okay, there's this big boom, cannabis, big boom, new industry, an up and coming thing, da, da, da. Think about what are the picks and axes that are needed <clears throat> in this cannabis boom, because those things are potentially far lower risk when it comes to uh, the possibility of all those things we just talked about contracts that might not be, you know, might not be honored uh, deals, you know, between criminals, blah, blah, blah. Right now. Ideally not, not even having to tie yourself to a cannabis license to produce whatever it is you're doing, right? whether it be a service or a product doing it an ancillary off of the, Absolutely. Boxes, packaging, printing, graphic design, you know, dirt, lights, electricity on some levels, you know, fertilizers, uh, you know, just law, real estate. I mean, there are so many areas, right? (coughs) Accounting, finance, you know, all these things are are necessary now be careful on that finance side because of course you know it's still illegal to put stuff in the bank and the more you know the more you're held liable for <laughs> yeah but <laughs> that being said there's all the areas need to be covered still um and so yes it's a boom yes there's a lot of opportunity yes there's a lot of ways to think outside the box around it and yes there is massive risk if you are hands-on flower in some kind of way you know, or hands on actual cannabis in some kind of way. For sure. And the um, risks increase with your upward mobility in the industry. Absolutely. The more notoriety you gain, the more of a target you become, for sure. And not only from the police, but unfortunately, in this, you know, call people it have lost life world. insurance. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, people have lost life insurance, but I mean, other business owners will go after you for sure. You know, that kind of oh, thing. Yeah. Uh, now here's the thing though, <laughs> just like we mentioned, I think last week it was, you said something about this where all businesses, all groups of people, all, you know, all places where you've got a lot of people clamoring for dollars, um, you know, new ideas, new innovations, they, they mimic each other. Cannabis is nothing special. It's just one more thing. It could, re- could replace it with any other word. Any and other When word. you're talking about business. Yeah. You could yeah. say, how do you get in the real estate business? That's a great, amazing business that has a million periphery businesses to it, uh, outside of and including, you know, buying and selling homes. Um, same thing, you know, like all everything else we said. So understand there is no golden goose. Every single and we're, 
Yeah, for sure. And what I was going to say, and we're in an, in a time where the hypocrisy is running rampant, but as is the confusion um, yeah. in past administrations, and I'm not even going to get political, and we know I can, but right. in past administrations, at least it was clear. He didn't do things ideally or the way I would like them in the past administration either. The problem in these current times is the message changes from week to day to month. It's from it's it's going to be hour. fine. Yeah, it just there there is no clear. Now I'm getting reports, and they've been coming out for about a month or two about barring entry into the United States from cannabis workers in Canada and cannabis investors from Canada right. somehow not allowing them to cross into the United States because of their involvement. Right. So this may change, you know, given a different climate, which may be, who knows, a year, four years, you know, yeah, that may be, it may be a whole new world that that's something too, that if, um, you might just keep in mind that it's it was gray. I feel like it's even more gray now, oh, as yeah. far as a federal it's certainly than it was more uncertain than it's ever been in some ways. More volatile, you know. The entire the the entire. I do believe that the wave is moving and it's not going to be able to be stopped. But I that agree. doesn't mean that individuals can't be brought to their knees along the way, right? I Correct. mean, there are going yeah, to be casualties. Pie. Yeah, Yabapai is giving felonies and pleading them down so that they can hold the hammer over cardholders' heads. They're giving right. felonies to cardholders with mm. concentrates in Prescott. It's ridiculous. Um, multiple reports now. Mm. Uh, I haven't followed up deeply, but it's concerning. And like I said, so and it's a how much more gray you, area. Are you hearing anything about how the defense fund is or is not stepping up to help them? Because I know that was that, the intention, right? Yeah, that's the thing I have not. No, I have not followed up. It was something I had just seen in the last huh. day or so. So who knows? So, we might come back to you with some more information about that. But yeah, but yeah. So gray area. If if it's a, you also want to be aware that it's even though we've now eight or so years into it, it has not become a clearer market. I think on the contrary, I think it's become less clear. Absolutely. And, and every time, maybe less safe. And every time a case is decided in a state, a new case law is being created all the time. And so that's why it also can just be changing at any time. Right. Uh, right. Your state might be all fine. And then one day somebody pulls somebody over. They decide it's going to be like this. They go to court. The judge rules it like this. And boom, it's now illegal for everybody to have, you know, CBD products that have this kind of label or whatever, you know, however it might work out. But this is kind of what happens, unfortunately. And it's especially in like South you Dakota. mentioned in this kind of a climate too, everybody's kind of trying to like, you know, put their foot on, you know, stake their claim, so to speak. And like, Oh no, we're not going to go down like this. So, you know, everybody's trying to make an example of somebody, it seems. And, right. um, it's, you can't it's even just, advertise on Facebook. Time. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, it's, it's such a great yeah. area that Instagram and we know how many accounts are getting shut down every day. Right. All Facebook, the time. Same way. Mm -hmm. You know, they're always sending me, you know, do ads for your pot of wellness page. And right. I don't like, want them to see uh, my, no I don't want, I don't want them to see it. Cause then right. they have to review my page and. That's how you get your page closed. Right. Right now they we just try to ads. just stay, you know, we just try to stay there keeping our eyes on the purpose, which is simply and only to be of support to, you know, our listeners or our followers, uh, the people who yeah. come to us with lots of questions all the time. We just want to give a safe place to get credible information. And so we do that. Right. And that's why we don't advertise. But also they are looking for us. So right, right. We don't need to stay be little. flashing spotlights. There's no bat signals coming from us. Stay humble. Refer your mom. That's kind of like so. Like a lot of our friends could refer their grandma someplace where they can talk about it without their friends on Facebook knowing, kind of thing. Right. But yeah, are we making stay. millions off of this venture? Um, no. <laughs> we make it. Are we making a <laughs> buck and a half? No. <laughs> Are we making about anything at all? Yet. No, we're not. And no, it's not it's even not that about it needs that. to be about that. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it needs to be about that. But the point being, like, um, A, business takes work 
okay, it, to open your business, to start your own business. There is no business I know of where somebody is just rolling in bank and just chilling out at their house doing nothing all day. Like, yeah, it's maybe a the myth. cartel head. You know what I'm saying? The, the unicorn does somewhere? that. Yeah, I don't think the cartel does that. No, I mean, they're the doing head. stuff. I mean, you know, he's out there. He's okay. doing stuff. He does stuff. I tell you what, he does stuff. There's fingers um, to chop off, I suppose. You know, maybe, maybe not. Maybe he's just out there golfing. Maybe he's surveying. Maybe he's flying. Who knows? But he's doing stuff. I promise. Yeah. Uh, you know, the point being, like, it's not real, right? It's not real. It's hard work no matter what industry. So determine your level of risk, right? Think outside the box. Um, yes. Know that there's plenty to share, but then in some of these kind, you know, understanding in an industry like that, in addition to the federal risk and all that kind of stuff that you run and the issues with potentially banking and, and advertising, etc. There's also the fact that it's kind of new, I think, makes people maybe even a little more. I don't know. It's hard to say because people are pretty bloodthirsty all the time. You know, I mean, they really are. People are really just like. I th well, I think the, you know, this is a kind of industry that um, preys on the fact that it's hot. They're yeah. preying on the desires and of everybody to get wants in. to. Yeah, yeah. And so there's always, you know, perhaps a higher amount of them just due to the amount of people interested in it. Right. That there's just so much room for so many. I mean, I, are we going to just flat out, we'll call them scammers. Right. Or, you know, sleazeballs, whatever you want to terminology. I mean, um, and then like, there is opportunists, right? There's ways to look at it in both sides, right? And this is my thinking. Oh, I'm side. not talking about the opportunists. I'm talking about the straight up. Yeah, scammers that are trying to get your Those money guys, and they'll bounce in a heartbeat and you won't never hear a gig from them again and they will not lose sleep over it. And it may not even be a big investment like a full business buy-in. Maybe you're I, – I saw a friend who got scammed recently who's not a naive individual who bought a space at a event, a convention for his own product. Uh -huh. And there was – um, like a fee, like a hundred and fifty dollar booth fee or whatever the fee was. I'm just making up a number. And then there was like maybe part of your application fee went towards the cost of advertising the event. He probably had like four or five hundred bucks into the event, and there was supposed to be, I think, a celebrity appearance, or it was at a celebrity location or something like that. There was a celebrity involvement, right? The guy absconded with everybody's cash and there was no event. Wow. He just disappeared. That's so yeah. messed up. So, like, it, that's the kind of people I'm talking about. And then we can go on to the opportunists as the next level up from these scumbags. Well, you know I, mean, I, mean? I, I mean, I will include in these scumbags many, if not most, of the MLM scheme businesses. If you don't want to call your business an MLM scheme, then this doesn't apply to you. It doesn't apply to your business. All right. And can I say one thing right before you even go into this actual things? I would like to just one little fact. Some medications work best in very low doses. <laughs> okay. Right. Which would be a terrible marketing plan. Terrible. Now you may continue, my darling. Yes. Okay. So... <laughs> MLM. If you don't know what that is, Google it. Okay. Google.com. Type in what is MLM. Um, MLM scams are terrible. And uh, many of them, what they do, they come in, they can brand. They can brand themselves, create a whole brand, create a whole marketing package, right? And they get everybody to buy in as, you know, distributors, so to speak. So they come in and they have everybody buy, you know, a $1,500, $2,000, $5,000 worth of product. And they're like, and you're going to get to go turn around and sell it using all of our beautiful marketing materials. And you're going to make, you know, thrice $10,000 a week or whatever. Right. <clears throat> and people get all this product and maybe they can't sell it. It doesn't sell. It expires perhaps, et cetera, et cetera. It's not tested. It's not proven. 
and it takes and work or the p- business literally just disappears on them right they sell off a bunch of product and then boom they're just gone this is not unheard of right now you're left right. sitting there with five thousand dollars worth of product <coughs> that is just literally a foot stool in your living room because you can't get rid of it you don't have anything to do with it it's garbage so this is real life um and uh watch out for those so next level up is opportunists i think and they actually take time to do that even if all that shit was in its perfect most perfect form you have to do the work. You have to market it yourself. You have to get your yeah. clients, your customers, all that. So it's not even. Um, you still have to you, be people. A just don't appear. Yeah, yeah. it's it's a job. Yeah, and it's like Anyways. one of the hardest jobs there is. I mean, for the person that that's easy <gasps> for, it might not be hard for them. But that's only some people. I mean, we just discussed last week. I think different personality types, and let, let me tell you, everybody is not a natural salesperson. INTJs, not a natural salesperson. (laughs) I have to be, it has the only way I'm going to sell you something is because I love it and I want you to love it too. That's about the only way you're getting me to. Right. Exactly. Look, sell you on. We sell tincture in this podcast for free all day, every day is what's really up. Not, we don't sell tincture. We sell the recipe that will change people's lives for them to handle for themselves. You know what I'm saying? But it's like, and we don't charge anything. And we don't charge anything for any of it because it's like, eh, we really just want people to have this. Like, right. We just right. hope you find relief and happiness and good, you know, good things. And all these lovely little old ladies that don't want to smoke that always called yeah. me and wanted me to help them or make tincture for go. them. And the state of Arizona made it illegal for me to help them. They used to have be able to have little old ladies bring, you know, their medicine, medicine to me and I would right. make it for them. Mm-hmm. And when that ended, I had to come up with a way to share it, the information and let people make it. Right. So, yeah. And yeah. thus a business is born. Now, could we turn that into a business, a selling money, making money business? Absolutely, we could. Um, but that wasn't our intention, right? That wasn't our outcome, our desired outcome, so to speak. Um, until Not currently, at least. We are. Yeah. yeah. Uh, with this particular project right now. Right. So. Right. That, that it is what this it is. Project's goal, right? Um, but then the you know on the plus side of this, so we're talking about there's a lot of scammers and schemers out there. So you need to do your due diligence, do your homework. Don't jump in bed with anybody just because you're so excited to get in the cannabis um, business. You know, do your homework just like you would do with any other opportunity. You know, don't overlook red flags because it's cannabis and you're just so happy to be able to have an opportunity to get into the cannabis industry. Um, you know, and and listen to your internal voice. I think last week we talked about self-care and uh, knowing, you know, what you want and all that kind of stuff. And, and this, you know, this plays, plays a part in that, in, in knowing what your inner voice is saying and being able to hear it and listen to it and tap into it. And, um, you know, hopefully helping, to warn you from bad things, I suppose. And I think uh, I am a perfect example of all the above. Right. Now Not on doing. the <laughs> And I have I'm just saying we are we are sharing this information. If we could take like just a quick one minute break here and hear from our sponsors and maybe talk a little bit about our unbranded personal experiences. Right. Does that work with you? Sure. Hear from our sponsors real quick, and we'll join you all quick back on the other side. Yes. Our lovely sponsors. So for our personal stories, I'm going to let your good judgment prevail on the level of detail that we'd like to share with our listeners. Well, I I, gonna... I tend to overshare. Uh-huh. I was going to mention that. On the plus side, like I I do believe there's kind of a yin and yang to everything. So we talked a lot about like the negative side or the risk, right? On the plus side to this being a big rush, there are a lot of people out there willing to give more of themselves in unison with other people who are trying to reach a common goal around cannabis, right? So a positive example of that that I want to you know bring to light is like Women Grow, for example. Mm-hmm. You know, Women Grow is a, a chapter organization. 
yes, it's a paid organization. It's a for-profit. There's money. People are making money in the organization. (gasps) I know. Imagine that. Like, the oh, the horror. But I feel like it's not just an either or. It's not just this. It's not just a, a complete black and white between the people who make a bunch of money and the, and everything should be free, you know. Right. Uh, I think like in any right. business, there is a large spectrum or continuum uh, where services and pricing should fall, um, and and people being able to make money. Uh, so and. They are a for-profit organization, but they do utilize volunteers to help roll out their local chapter stuff. At least in Arizona, they do. You know, the Women Grow team has a group of volunteers who come and help them put on this event every month. And the event, you know, includes speakers and uh, job fair type of stuff, uh, like a speed job hiring type of event. So they're meeting the needs of people. So if you're in a sphere like that and you have ideas along those lines know and understand that that's the good side of a rush like this is you could probably find other like-minded people who you could get signed on to your you know cause or effort or if you have a business idea i love um i saw one business idea which i think is great uh with the bang promotions it's just a promotions company but of course all these dispensaries they need to be out there set up at all these events and everything right so here a lot her of work. business she provides uh promotional staff right they'll go out to all these events everywhere and represent your brand wear your t-shirts hand out your cards give dabs to people smile. under your name smile look pretty uh, or handsome or you know friendly and right. um you know they'll be well trained in customer service and you don't have to have your dispensary staff sh- you know schlepping around to every event every weekend as if you don't have a, a shop to run we have um, other friends that are in the social media sphere yeah which is very tricky right now very tricky you, right you get kicked off of most of the platforms so it's hard to find a place to interact and you have to do it organically and yes yeah, so it's not an easy space understand those rules because most people just literally don't even have any concept of what the rules are much less how they're changing every day right so you can get specific uh social media that uh, well, one friend her name is amy and her company is get hybrid social so you can find her if you're looking into that as, you know, an example of that. But the point is, there's just so many ideas out there. There's so many uh, ways to potentially get into the business or be involved in the business or somehow work with other people who are <clears throat> interested in cannabis or who are cannabis friendly. And it just requires a little bit of thinking outside the box. So don't get suckered into poor deals if, um, you know, and I say that saying all of us have been bt dubs right everybody has been at some right. point and right and that's what I that's wanted... why this warning is here right because we want to just <sighs> let our stories help inform you save yourself our some experience time. is not um in vain mm-hmm. as they say um that's a big part of what even got us involved in activism and advocacy right because we kind of saw a gap we, where we thought the businesses, naively so, would right. be patient-centered and and fill these needs of the education and the quality and the testing and all that. We, we found out that maybe wasn't quite so much the case and needed further discussion. And so, I mean, as in any industry, there are some businesses that are more absolutely. conscientious or patient-centered and some that aren't. You know, right. Walmart and Costco are very different. Sam's Club and Costco are very different, too, even though there's very similar models. Um, you know, there's differences. So get to know who you're working with. Get to know what the opportunity really is in front of you. How much standing does it have legally on a federal scale, on a state state scale? Is there ways to pull yourself out of the hands-on flower business and be able to work or start a business or do a business in the peripheral area? I was just thinking, like I said the other day, about packaging. Like, good Lord, what a huge business that is right now in cannabis, right? Packaging, I mean... Every dispensary has a different thing. You've got these kind of bags, those kind of bags. Some people have jars, plastic jars, glass jars, you know. And specializing um, in food safety is a big area that even in my limited experience, I've seen, you know, cross state lines, these different states now entering that do allow edibles 
um, that want to expand into, you know, it's, it's not just making sauce and throwing it in the jar. That doesn't, that's not food safety. So that kind of packaging as well is expanding as the food market in edibles expands as well. People want honey and peanut butter and spaghetti sauce and, you know, Mm -hmm. you name it, you can get it medicated. Right. So that packaging market and labeling and branding those those products across the line of jars or whatever creating custom you know shapes and sizes and whatever for brands right i mean there's just so much there's so much opportunity and so it's kind of like a good news bad news thing and then also Mm. it's like basically stay level-headed is really i think the end or ultimate message I like to get across to the people that I that approach me talking about this because you know I am a business consultant and I help business owners. I'm gonna do a quick shameless plug on me. Please I help do. business owners, you know, figure out where their bottlenecks are, how to grow to the next level, right? So I help them streamline their situations and figure out where where they've got problems they need to work out, and then who needs to fix them, what tools are needed what parts are in place, you know? And, um, it's just, if you come at this from a level head and with getting your research together, getting your data together, then you definitely can have the business or the life you dream of, uh, with cannabis, so to speak, if that's your dream, right? Um, it's definitely doable. You just might have to be open to being flexible with what you thought that vision should be. And again, apply, you know, good, due diligence to the process of researching what kind of business you want to be in. What are people out there looking to buy? What are the problems that need to be solved? You know, and how can you mitigate those with the risks of, uh, you know, where it's at still right now and understanding that this is not some kind of like magical unicorn industry. Yes. Some people are making lots of money right now and a lot of people are losing a lot of money and you know, that, yeah, that's it's true not, in every it's business. Work. <laughs> yeah, it's work. It's, it's just another business. industry. Might as another well be industry. pigs. You know what I'm saying? Might as well be corn or, or, or tomatoes or whatever, what have you. And I will say that had you given me or had anybody given me any of this advice, I may have listened to 10% of it during sure. my focus. I would have, and, I, and I'm sharing this as a hindsight 2020, none of these um, thoughts necessarily were <laughs> right that I, I want to say that knowing, knowing what I know now, obviously I, I pushed in places where maybe I should have breathed into it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I am a person who was single-mindedly focused on achieving the goal of opening a kitchen. Yeah, and I did. did do that. You accomplished yet, more than once, more than once. Right. And both those times, I overlooked what I, I lovingly always used to call. I used to, I used to tell my kids when they were little that I had a tendency to get nudged by the stupid stick. And if I didn't listen, I got hit over the head with it. Um, I, I did very definitely overlook very clear nudges of don't be stupid is why I call it the stupid stick <laughs> of um, kind of open your eyes. And I chose, and and I will say, at the time, I was aware, and I had to logically, or I, I realistically said, I am aware that this portion of this is bullshit, and I'm still choosing because I will achieve this goal. Yeah. So I, that was on one of the times. The second time, maybe not quite as much choosing, but. The, uh, the second time, what I will say is I overlooked physical symptoms, right. huge emergency room, right. doctor seeking, testing, physical symptoms before I finally got a, a final message to get out. And when I did, those physical symptoms completely went away, right. completely But in hindsight, I just figured I had done something weird and caused the physical symptoms and never correlated the two. Right. So when we say the trees, right? (laughs) Oh, yeah. And I was, you know, and I am a single minded. I do get things done. I'm, I'm, I am a person that if I have a task, it will be completed. It's just who I always have been. Um, 
you may not see me complete it, but it'll get done. Um, So when we tell you these things, it is not for not have walking the walk ourselves and seeing how easily you can get so absorbed in achieving that goal that you may choose against your better interests, which I feel I did do. I don't regret anything I did. I value the experience, but I do believe in a few of those instances, I chose the goal over my personal best interest. Yeah. Does that make sense? For sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. self-care we talked about last week, right? But there, it's a balance, right? We're in a journey. Sure. And sure. it's it's a balance between when is the self the better self-care for the moment to accomplish this goal or when is the self-care to listen to these physical symptoms and stop right now? You know what I mean? And, and there's no right or wrong answer. That's really the key. Is Correct. That, that's your answer. It's your journey. There's no judgment that anybody can put on your journey and what spot where you know where you decide they can try but it it's it's it just doesn't matter you know it just doesn't right not important and when the time came and it and and everything came in its perfect order exactly the sign that came for me to make my departure came at literally four hours before one of the greatest adventures of my life unfolded right so yeah there's no wrong timing um lessons learned and all that but we do know when we say you can get caught up and i think that's probably part of it too and and just just make sure to just take a minute and breathe and do a little research I, i i would have probably maybe not have done my second adventure had i just opened google right but i was very yeah, I, you get caught up. It's very exciting. Very you know, exciting. you're and very doing fast break, moving. It's very fast. Very. Moving. Mm-hmm. And and it's you know, a lot of um, presented as a once in a lifetime sort of opportunity. It's usually um, war, those sorts of um, feelings like this is you're making history. And I know yeah. that in my in myself at the time, right. that was definitely something that was in my head a lot. I've never been a money-motivated person. Money, I really like right. it. It's always been around. I've always had what I need. I've never had – I mean, I've been struggling, but it's always worked out. I have not You're been alive homeless. still. You're still alive. So it's never been a motivator for me to create or to produce. Right. I um, did, however – that whole making history. I don't recall now, and it's probably something I should look into. I feel like we were the first kitchen. I opened the first kitchen in Maricopa County. Yeah, um, I think so. I'm not absolutely confident enough to wear it as my badge of honor yet. I need to probably look at that closer, but I do believe. So at the time, again, it's all relative. It was definitely you get into the um, various types of mindset, whether it be you're making history, opening the first kitchen in your state or County, um, or you're launching a new cannabis product. And it it may cause you to get, um, I don't want to say careless, but maybe less observant. Right. So just know it beforehand. And then you know what, you know, to catch yourself, if you see yourself getting to where you're skipping over the fine print because you're so excited that you yeah. catch yourself and stop and read the fine print. You know, and the thing is, like, w- one of the challenges, I think, for people is like, oh, well, how can I do research on, you know, this company that I have this opportunity with when everybody's brand new and they're brand new and, you know, I've got to get on the ground floor, right? Right. Um, okay. Like, that is one lifestyle. If you want to be that person that's on the ground floor of everything, you know, that's cool. There's, again, no judgment on that. But your there are many, many, many companies and people who have been in this game a long time now, right? I mean, mm. California actually legalized how long ago now? Like 20 years ago, almost. Yeah, yeah. Right? So... Yes, it's all new, but it's not so new that there's not some reliable, you know, sources of information and some ability to see some kind of longevity in some different types of companies. Like some people have been out there doing some stuff for a while. 
Tapping not to mention, that. and not to mention, in addition, these people came from other careers prior That's to joining right. the cannabis industry. That's right. They and were they, lawyers or whatever. We've got one guy in Arizona that was like the founder. He owns two licenses in Arizona, was the founder of Radio Disney. Right. So, you know, the, you can always look into the board of directors or you can look um, into the company holding kind of information. You know, the, there's... Google is your friend. You can kind of get going into a rabbit hole and get more information than you might be aware that's out there. In my case, there was a shit ton of, I don't even, it's definitely statewide news on one of the people I was involved with that I could have very easily Googled and probably would have thought twice about joining my money with. Just Um, because of the Google comeback, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's enough for me to know I'm good. I, and it never crossed my mind. Right. Because it was just a guy in a cannabis industry. Right. I didn't cross my mind that he had a whole other life and career prior to that. Maybe I should see what kind of business person or whatever he was in a previous life. Right. right. So take the time. Don't discount just because they're cool. I've met so many <laughs> incredible people in the cannabis industry, like amazing, giving yeah. Wonderful people. Just amazing. I have met some fucking whack jobs mm-hmm. like no other industry in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. So understand that the gamut runs between those two points and don't assume anything at all about the people you work with. Right. Look into it or that want to work with you. Don't assume or that they're cool because they smoke or professional because they don't. Don't assume, like, literally don't assume anything. Check every assumption at the door and approach it from, you know, a mindset. Knowledge is power. Knowledge is power. And there's a lot of knowledge out there right now. And the people who are doing good things, you know, they're not out there necessarily having to talk about themselves doing those things. Other people start talking about them, too. You know, other people notice that. So, yeah, uh, and conversely. Definitely. The bad ones, people talk about that too, although I found sometimes that it can often be a lot less that they talk about the bad ones. Maybe that's because that's how the mafia works. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. I didn't say well, that. I'm the one with the <laughs> Italian last name. Be careful what you say. <laughs> right. I'll send my cousin Joe after exactly. you. Exactly. Right, right, right. So the, uh, yeah, and, and I think also in part, I think that the the negative people are talked about eventually when we choose to listen. I remember going when I was the sales rep for my edible line, going door to door basically with gift bags for yeah. the managers of dispensaries and, and dropping like, off my what? card. And, and when they heard who my license holder was for the product, they wouldn't even talk to me and it had nothing to do with me. And I was baffled. Right. Now, did I stop and go and look into why? I did not. I just went to the next (sighs) store and carried on my business. And, you know, I was very goal-focused. I had a job to do. Yeah. So, yeah, sometimes the hints are out there. And in your excitement, you don't see them as a hint. Or you just kind of overlook somebody's input that maybe you should listen to. Because they may not come out and say, well, that guy ripped me off. I mean, I will. I have. (laughs) Right. Multiple times to people who have approached me asking me right. questions about different things. Um, but in the industry, uh, I think out of respect or out of the fact that a lot of people just assume that people know who to deal with and who not to deal with, um, a lot of people won't bring up or warn you <laughs> before you get yourself involved with someone. Yeah. They're well, just not going to say anything. I They'll mean, just be like, good luck. This is this is the real life of business is that you're right a lot of times and, and especially the dispensary business, the people who are able to pull together large sums of money for a federally illegal business are not always like the little nice old lady next door who's just so sweet and makes you cookies every day. Right. That's not what they that's not who they are. Right. Like he's like, you just described me. I mean, I did. (laughs) You're not them. You're just not them. (laughs) But yeah, exactly. And, and a lot of, um, 
I mean, big. and can I leave the rest to be inferred? Right? I mean, right. I don't need I to say, say more, you know, right? They come uh, a lot too. You know, these large corporations are yeah. not run on warm and fuzzies. No. You know, transactions can be very cutthroat, and businesses yes. and are. And when it comes down to millions and billions of dollars, people are very quick and easy. It's very easy to be like, "Yeah, mm-hmm, let's go this direction." You know, they don't call it Shark Tank for nothing. <laughs> right, <laughs> you know? right, right. Uh, so yeah, don't they just and, you know, and, and maybe I probably was guilty of this as well in in the beginning, and I and I learned quick, and I've tried to pass that information on to other people, but I did probably have a little bit of a naivete about entering the business. Um, and it was going to be sort of hippie ish, you right. know, a little more oh, yeah. We're just gonna be hippie run. It's weed. And you yeah. know, how professional can it get? Right. But once you involve the levels of money that we're talking about now, yeah. like I mentioned a couple of episodes ago, constellation brands gave billions of, to right. the Canadian um, grow company, right. that kind of money comes with a lot of business. Right. <laughs> I don't know where, and and I, you know, honestly, when Arizona legalized, there wasn't that much going on. It was a little in California, so it was a different world eight years ago than it is now, as far as my right. naivete. But I feel like it's still out there. I still people think, you know, like even when I was in the bakery making. 3,000 cookies a week. People thought like, oh, how cool, how fun. I want to come work with you. Right. Like, so bullshit. you would cookies all day and just be you high wouldn't last giggly a day. all day. Right. Yeah. You wouldn't last a day in my kitchen. Right. Whatever. Right. So, yeah. People have got to get to the realistic side of it. Yeah. If, if we can get through to anybody is that it is business and As business usual. is business. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, and even if, you know, I mean, like. Even if everybody at every level in the cannabis business was also a cannabis user, it still Which would just are, be business. You know, yeah, they you, aren't you exactly just like right. the whole world isn't. They aren't right. They they mirror the real world audience, even though they're in the cannabis business. Truthfully, you know, and it's like and um, you don't get to show up to work and that's not real life. Yeah, exactly. It's not real life. It's, the, the, uh, trust me, your cannabis attorney is not sitting in his desk burning a blunt. No. You know, right. he's there doing his, you know, filing right. his court papers. Right. And I'm not in the bakery with a joint hanging off my lips making 3,000 cookies when I exactly. had an edible line. Exactly. I went home, got out of my work clothes, and I was toast and got up and did it again. And right. it was grueling, brutal, hard physical work. And that's what any business is. It's. That's maybe right. not all physical successful but anyways you know just it's going yeah. to be that yeah if it's going to be a successful business that's what it requires you know in or out and of find cannabis out who, right and find out who it is you're going to be working with if you're going to be working with other people that would be my other second do your research um meet the people too besides doing your research do more than just maybe a phone call or two yeah you know I remember I loved the people at the co-op when we first talked. I talked to one of the recruiter guys looking for growers, which my husband and I were. Um, I talked to him the first time for two hours. Shot the shit. I talked to him for the next six months, here and there, off and on. My husband worked with him a little bit on the board of directors. Um, when I actually worked with him, he was a verbally abusive, aggressive asshole. Right. So you don't, yeah, just don't just jump in. I think that's that's my yeah. my biggest point there. And yeah. you know, don't ignore red I was, flags. Don't don't even ignore pink ones. Right. <laughs> like like at least if stop there's and a pause. flag waving at all, pay attention yeah, to pause. it. Pause. Just pause. Just stop. Smoke a joint if you need to real quick. You know what I'm saying? Take a moment, smoke a joint, think on it for an hour or two or 24 or a week or however long you want. Check out that flag. Uh, assess all the colors. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Evaluate yeah. it and, um, you know, proceed once you really understand what that flag is even trying to tell you right now. And it's a great industry. It's great people. Yeah. There is fun. Right. However, wine distributors don't drink wine all day. Cannabis businesses don't use cannabis all day right um you 
if nothing else, realize you're going to go to work yeah. every day. Right. And you are not going to a sesh. <laughs> right. Exactly. Ugh. Well, I think I'm about ready to lose all my powered appliances here, Miss Bridget. You think oh, we've yeah. covered our topic? Oh, for sure. So um, we appreciate y'all. And I think next week we have one of two topics on the table. I'm not sure which one we're going to dive into. Maybe you guys should let us know. What's your vote? We'll put up a vote. Uh, should we talk about politics in Arizona so you can know who's pro-green? Uh, and you know, that kind of stuff, what kind of stuff is happening? Or should we talk about kind of working in the cannabis industry? So today we talked about owning a business in the cannabis industry, but or you know, investing just getting in or jobs, participating in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just getting a job in the cannabis industry is something, a whole different conversation, you know? And so, uh, to some yep. degree, there's some similarities, but, uh, maybe tell us which different. one you prefer to, to, to ask about. And actually, Laura, I didn't even tell you this. I'll send you the email, but we did, uh, we did have someone reach out to us about the podcast who Aww. is a dispensary owner, bud tender, patient educator in Oklahoma, I want to say. And he was hoping that he could maybe come on the podcast at some point and talk to us a little bit about kind of what's going on over there. Um, you know, reach out to his people over there a little bit through us, Love with it. just a little bit of um, education on that. Cause it's a new, you know, new programs rolling out or whatever. So we'll, we'll look that. into yeah. that more. And I've got family um, there. So oh, I'd love awesome. to share. Cool. Well, I'll I forward you that program. email and maybe we'll, maybe that would be a perfect, uh, you know, thing to add into next week's um, episode, perhaps depending on Wonderful. which route we go. Wonderful, wonderful. All right, all. Peace out, everybody. Love and cookies. Thanks for listening. We appreciate you. Yes, more cookies in your day is always a good thing. (laughs) (laughs) Take care, all. Deuces. Bye. Join us every Thursday as we break down what's happening now and how you can infuse cannabis into your life, too. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes, share with your friends, and get our free tincture-making course at potofwellness.com.